0: Hello everybody, Dr. Rick here dropping in on you. I'm gonna be real quick. I just wanna let everybody know that on April 8th, we are releasing book number 26. Right now, the most powerful book on elevation. It's entitled Transcendent, the remarkable ability to rise above the chaos to win in life. You do not wanna miss this. This is by far my best installment on human performance. I am challenging you to rise. I am giving you insight on how to do it. Here's your chance to do it now. Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Rick dropping in. I hope everybody's having an unbelievable uh, week so far. Uh, It's Friday already, man. Time definitely flies. Uh, Look, I'm not going to be long, so I'm going to get right to it. But you saw the uh, introduction uh book number 26 like i said it never gets old for me it's always a blessing to get to this point where you put your heart into a project and you're seeing the end result of a finished product uh come to bear and so if you want to order the uh pre-order uh my 26 book which officially releases on uh april 8th uh get it for 25 dollars now when it releases it'll be 34.95 uh book number like I say book number 26 i think it is my most comprehensive installment to this point so i'm excited about that also uh if you have not registered for the legacy wealth uh academy uh master class which is a six to eight meet, uh eight month course on wealth building you need to sign up for that also if you are interested in getting an online business started and you need a step-by-step guide The seven-day online business launch course is something you need to check out. That link is in there as well. I want to get to this because I am taking a different approach to Focus Friday. I'm going to talk about wealth in the Black community or the lack of wealth in the Black community or poverty in the Black community and why we consistently move in a certain area and being that a vast majority of the people who listen either are currently christians are at some point in time uh exposed to the christian faith i'm going to use scripture um if you are not a part of that pay attention to the principles because the principles are there you gotta understand there are a bunch of people who are uh, in many ways defined or classified as atheists who have used the principles in the bible to enrich themselves so I want you to pay attention to this because it's in the misunderstanding of a lot of things that are engaged in scripture that people lose sight of the power of what happens. And we tend to mystify practical behavior and we are expecting things that simply are not. And we lose faith and we lose so much else. So I'm going to take you through this. Now, one of the things that I heard all the time growing up in an impoverished environment for the most people, uh, we lived in an area where poverty was abundant we my grandmother's beauty shop and our church was in the fifth ward area of houston a place uh blatantly uh impoverished and so all these things around but yet we heard scriptures and we read scriptures consistently like proverbs 13 and 22 that says that the wealth uh of the righteous is stored, the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous and what i have here's what i've learned i want to give you this premise and i want you to view everything that i'm going to share with you uh based on this you cannot cure poverty with money and a bunch of people are going money is exactly what i need no poverty isn't about money poverty is about a mindset and i'm going to teach you that and i'm going to teach you what it means by these scriptures and why they have been falsely applied erroneously applied and that's why If you are looking from a biblical perspective, if you're looking from a spiritual perspective, or if you're looking from an experiential perspective and you're expecting money to be the solution to your problem, you're going to always have a problem even when you have money. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to show you why using scriptures. So Proverbs 13, 22 says that, uh, and now what we have to understand is that's not the beginning. Something I always talk about a lot is the front end of that same scripture. The front end of that same scripture is that a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children. Children are... Uh, A more modern version is a wise man leaves an inheritance for his grandchildren. And so then it says, but the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. Now, that's been misinterpreted forever to mean that the wealth of the wicked will be taken from the wicked and given to those who are righteous. Now, one of the things that I looked at is the difference between relationship and God and practical application of universal laws. Universal laws apply to anybody whether they are quote unquote saved or not. And what we find is there are certain principles that go along with money. And first of all, first of all, the first thing that we have to see when we start talking about money is that money isn't the end game. Money is simply a means. And if we stop looking at money as a means and we start looking at it the end game, then money becomes the focus. What you'll find is poor people chase money. Rich people chase things. Wealthy people pursue ideas, passions, and purposes completely different. And you look at the results of the outcome. All right. Anything you're chasing all of a sudden becomes elusive because you've lost focus of it. Anyway, let's go into it. First thing is money will not solve poverty. Poverty is not a money issue. It's a management issue. And I'm going to show you here. It says, luke 16 and 10 whoever can be trusted with little can also be trusted with much and then it goes on to say but if you cannot be trusted with little you cannot be trusted and will not give you much and then it goes on in verse 11 through 13 and i'm going to summate it here it says if you cannot be trusted with things that belong to someone else and you cannot be trusted with little who will give you your own now and we're going to go to the probably the most popular story and it's in matthew and it's it's the story of the talents. A, a wealthy man left on a long journey and he gave one slave or servant five talents. Now, the word uh, translated talents isn't talking about the talents that we look at now. That's why you got to be very careful when you're studying ancient text, whether it's in the Bible, in its scripture, whether it's an old, ancient uh, writing or whatever there are certain hermeneutic principles that you need to practice contextual analysis analysis uh based on the context you d- you get a certain definition you also need exegesis which is to be able to study it in its original language and that's especially important when you are talking about hebrew aramaic or greek They are much more richer languages than the english language and it's hard to find words that are applicable in every situation and so you lose some in the translation And so that's important. Also prophetical environment. What was the message being delivered by the person who was speaking? or by the person who was writing what was the message to be delivered what was that person trying to relate to those that were actually receiving it at that time you got to remember these things were written specifically in times and places to address specific things and we are now trying to translate that into our reality in time now and we need to understand that so anyway but here's the talents the story of the talent is uh basically master leaves home leaves his servants or his slaves one gets five talents which is actually in the greek talent and it's a measurement of something it is a weight of something in other words it can be by implication money so he gave one five talents he gave another two talents gave one one talent the one who had the five went and immediately says immediately went out and did business with it and doubled it same thing for the one with two talents the one with one talent Literally went and dug a place and put the money and hid it. When the master returned from his trip, he asked to reconcile. Let's settle up. The one with five came back with 10. He says, that's good. You were a faithful servant. Now I will make you rule over more things. In other words, you took what I left you and you brought it back to me. So I'm going to give you control over much more than I initially entrusted you with. The same thing for the second. The other one, he called him worthless. And... And the term that was used is a Greek term, uh, paneros, degenerate, ill, diseased. In other words, you are not what you are supposed to be. You're operating at a level beneath the design. And anyway, he goes on and he says this. So what we're getting is in the understanding of this, that there's a mindset and a behavior behind the accumulation of wealth. And there's a difference between uh, a poverty mindset, there's a difference between how people who are rich, people who have an abundance of something, and people who are wealthy, people whose money completely works and multiplies itself for them. They are no longer working for it, it's working for them. They can literally sit down every day if they wanted to. Most people aren't because they are driven by what? Purpose, passion, ideas, and things. They aren't pursuing money, they aren't pursuing things, they're pursuing ideas and purposes. They are literally carrying, they are using money to carry out their desires, their purpose, their aspirations, these new ideas. That's what they're doing but i want to go back because i want to hurry up and get through this but i want to give it to you so uh then we go to deuteronomy 8 and 18 it says it is god who gives you the power to get wealth and that is another thing that is consistently misunderstood first of all again it's in hebrew and so it can be misunderstood but in implication uh, the word power is crazy because it's chameleon, uh, same as the lizard. And in this interpretation, what it what it does actually means is power is capacity, power is freedom of thought and ideas. In other words, it's the mind that possesses the abundance. It's the mind that possesses the wealth. The wealth isn't the money. The money is a means. There are people who get things done without ever using money. There are other people who have money and don't do anything with it. The money becomes what? Valueless because it's not utilized for anything. Money is a means. It's not the end. It's not what you're trying to have. Money is simply a way of getting what you want. And so, the mind has a way of saying, okay, if I can't get it this way, I get it that way. But the mind has to be freed to get outside of the box, use the capacity. And here's the other thing. The mind has an imagination. God gave us an imagination for a reason. And then God designed in us in this imagination, this unbelievable mechanism within our thinking and our processing of our brain and our mind, that when we are able to imagine things at at a high specificity, and a high level of clarity that the mind and the brain cannot distinguish between what is being imagined and what's being truly experienced. Why? Because then I can train myself to believe I have what I don't yet have, and then it changes my behavior toward it. In other words, you literally are riding the path of what you can have or cannot have by how you are currently managing your thoughts. Money is a management and poverty, excuse me, is a management and mismanagement thing. Money is a management and mismanagement thing. I have seen situations in which a man made no more than $12 an hour his entire life retired a millionaire. So, But you have to view it differently. See, the reason why the servant with the one talent was viewed as being foolish and worthless is because of the mindset. It wasn't... And here's the other thing. That's interesting. It says that if you, if if you are faithful of a few things, I'll make you rule over many. You, if you, if you're Christian, you know, the scriptures, but what we don't get realize is that the ruler in this parable already understood who he could trust and and what he could trust them with. The one he could trust the most, he gave five talents to the one that he knew, hey, he's done pretty good. I can trust him with this. And so you could say the wealthy minded person was the one with five talents. The rich minded person was the one with two talents. The poverty minded person was the one, I'm going to give it to you. And it's going to be just to show you that you don't know what to do with it. And this is why you won't have it. Because at the end of the day, the one you buried and didn't do anything with, I took it and gave it to who? Well, now, the thing that we have to understand, especially those who are the Christian faith and have hold to the thing, is this idea that because you're righteous, you get to have what's been laid up for you. That's the problem. It says that a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, but the wealth of the wicked is sorted for the righteous. And the idea is that at some point, God's going to take from the uh, the wicked and give to the righteous. That's not what that means. It means that it's stored up, that it means it belongs to you, but there are some things that you have to do in order to have it. And what you find in the principles of wealth is that God does not distinguish between those who are saved and those who are unsaved in the way that the universal law works in the way of, get, uh, uh, of how wealth is distributed. Wealth is distributed to the one who can be trusted. Never was it said, because you are saved, I'm given to this. Because you called me by my name, I'm giving. It says, because you can be trusted with it. You won't squander it. That I can count on it being multiplied while it's in your hands. See, the abundance is to be what? Multiplied. And if it can't be, think about people with a poverty mindset, win the lottery, and within a very short period of time, what? Broke again. Why? Mindset. It's not money. Money cannot cure poverty. Poverty is a mindset until you change the way you think. I I, I see this all the time. And what I do, I sit up and I show people, this is what you can do to have all that stuff you say you want. Here it is right here. And they'll tell me, I really would love to do it, but I can't afford it. But then I see you got a thousand dollar bag, a $1,500 bag. You went on a $1,200 trip but you can't afford something that's going to put you in a situation where those trips won't even matter. You're sitting up wondering how you're going to pay off the trip. You wonder how you're going to get your bills paid and you're sitting up and you're spending money on things that you don't necessarily need instead of investing in things that can expand you, expand your capacity and grow you. And you don't understand why. See, this is in scripture. Nowhere does it say it's because you're saved. I'm going to make you wealth. It says, I give you the power to get wealth, to get wealth. I'm not giving you the wealth. I'm giving you the power to get it. How are you going to get it? You're going to take the ideas that I have flowing through your mind. There are literally 70,000 thoughts that flow through your subconscious every day that you're completely aware of. You have the ability to reach down in there and pull them, reject the ones that you don't like, because there's some negative and some positive ones flowing. Experiences and everything else is influencing it. But you have the desire to say, I'm going to stop thinking. With a poverty mindset. I'm going to start thinking with a mindset. And what you're doing is, as you're setting the standard of your thought process, says casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity into the obedience of Christ. What am I doing? I'm saying I'm managing my thinking. If I want to manage poverty, if I want to manage money, if I want to manage my success, I start with managing my thinking. I change the way I'm thinking if I don't like what I'm getting. I can never change my life without first changing my thought processes. How am I viewing it? How am I seeing it? How am I talking about it? How am I allowing it? It, Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Poor people spend. Get very little of any type of tangible value of what they spend. They spend symbolically. They spend emotionally. Rich people buy things. They buy things, meaning some of the things they buy have value to it, but they still are in a buying mindset. Here, wealthy people invest and grow. Most of what they buy will actually expand in value, and then those things that don't expand are a part of the passion. The passion may be something as simple as traveling, but it's a passion, and the passion can be afforded, and it doesn't it doesn't register as a liability. Why? Because the money is manif- uh, it, it is multiplying itself. It is something that is being grown and expanded. The mindset is. Assets over liabilities. The mindset is I'm going to put it in a place where it can grow. I'm going to be the one with the five talents. I'm going to go out and immediately do business with it. That's real huge in a day in which you are operating primarily as Americans with fiat currency. The US dollar has nothing back in it. So when I sell something of value or I get money of value, I need to immediately be doing something with the money to put it in a place where now I have something of value that isn't in its. Uh, liquid state currency why because the that da- value of the dollar is already c- crap and it's it's constantly being lower so holding on to it and burying it in the sand is not saving it it's watching it deteriorate to nothing so i have less than when i started but if i take it and i immediately that keyword immediately went out and did business with it and doubled it then if i immediately go out what it's also telling you it says immediately went out and did business with it what Investing in business is an investment. It's a wealth building mechanism. In other words, a lot of people's wealth is invested in their business affairs. Not in what's in the bank account, but what's in the capacity of the business to be produced. We have to understand that. That's where we're losing ourselves. Another thing, poor people talk about money. Rich people talk about things whether people to talk about ideas. The idea, why is the term idea keep popping up? Idea is associated with an internal mechanism of purpose. Your ideas are going to flow around your gifting. It's going to flow around a natural urge and yearning inside of you. You're here for a reason. You're here to do something exceptional. You're here to do something extraordinary. You're here to do something phenomenal. And what you don't want to do is squander the opportunity. And what you don't want to do is leave yourself in in, in an area of squeezed or marginalized capacity because you are not optimizing the opportunity. God gives you the capacity, the ability, the power to get wealth. Chameleon, it gives you the power to be able to evolve in your thinking, change, chameleon, to be where you need to be. And what you have to understand is being righteous, Following all the principles it does not qualify you for wealth. If you are a Christian, it maybe qualifies you for heaven, but it doesn't qualify you for earthly wealth. And there's nothing inherently wrong with wealth; it's what you do with it. But here's the problem: wealth is about stewardship. That's all the parable of the talents is about stewardship. What are you being? What are you doing with what you've been given? And people say, "Well, how did, am I supposed to build wealth and I'm making minimum wage?" I guarantee if you look at the average person who is making minimum wage, they have absolutely no room to be squandering. And I guarantee there are some things they're buying that don't need. Take that two dollars that you're spending on something you don't need and buy you a a fraction of some shares or something. In something and do that every week when you get paid two dollars, five dollars, ten dollars. I guarantee you, you have it because you're blowing it on something. Everything ain't going on bills. Not for the average person. They're buying, I gotta have this that Coca-Cola. Whatever it is, that 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 little sinful passion that you keep feeding every every week, talking about that. Some of you going to the club, leave the club alone. Some of you can't sit out at the shoe store, stay out for a year and look what'll happen. What it is, is we've got this mindset that I have to have X amount of dollars before I can ever play the wealth game. No, you have to have a mindset to achieve wealth before you have the money to play the game. It's telling you biggest day. I'm not going to give you something that you haven't shown me you have the ability to properly manage. You haven't shown me, shown me that you can be a steward over more. You you, you can't manage what you have. You haven't effectively managed what you have. And effectively managing what you have doesn't mean I pay all my bills. If you go back to that that parable, the parable says, to one he gave five, to one he gave two, to one he gave one. The one with five went out and did something to double it. The one with two went out. The one with one, what? Hit it, thinking they were saving it. He said, and why did you do it? Because I've known you to reap where you don't sow. In other words, he said, You are able to get money in places where you haven't invested. Why? He's executing power. It doesn't mean that he's evil, it means that he's learned how to execute the power of wealth. And you'll find a lot of people who are poor, and one of the first things you'll hear them say about wealthy people. Is They probably got it through illegitimate means. Why? Because that validates them not having to practice what, 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 what it takes to be there. It, it, I don't have to make the sacrifices of developing wealth. I don't have to make the changes. I can just simply say people who have money are evil. I know poor people who are wreaking absolute havoc. I know wealthy people who are blessing people beyond measure. Evil doesn't have a socioeconomic class. It's a state of being, and you can be it in anything. Money simply amplifies who you are. If you're a good person, if you're a God-loving person, if you love people, and you want money is gonna give you the opportunity to express that at a greater level. If you're dark and you look to suck the life out of things, money's just gonna put you in front of other situations and opportunities to do it. Money is a means. It's not the designated defining uh, uh, element and component of your life. It doesn't determine who you are. Being wealthy doesn't make you a better person. You are a better person regardless, but you have a level of responsibility to God, to yourself, to your family, to optimize your capacity given to you by God to get well. So when I sit up and I create these things, I'm creating them to show you, hey, look, you got to start somewhere. That's not going to be this magic downfall or or overflow of something that's going to come out. And all of a sudden you're going to have here's what I can tell you in instances in those instances where something happens. You go to Vegas and you hit big at the crack table or whatever, and you come home with an extra 10,000. You didn't have watch how fast you go through it because you haven't developed the, the, the wealth mindset. You're still operating from a poverty mindset. You go out every week. And, 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 and buy up lottery tickets and never win. Then all of a sudden you hit. and Now you're sitting on a million dollars. Watch how fast you run through that million dollars and have nothing to show for it. Why? Because you're still operating from a poverty mindset. Money cannot solve poverty. You have to change your mindset. One of the big things that I'm teaching in this course is the mindset, the psychology behind it, the thought processes that go behind it. What's the difference? One of the things that you have to do If you want to achieve something in life, is you got to look at the people who have achieved it. And you got to ask yourself, what do they do differently than I do? What is their self-talk like? What thoughts do they consistently entertain? How many books do they read? What type of books do they read? What type of people are they around? Let me tell you something. What you tend to find in this world is because energy tends to resonate with energy and energy is a connectivity or an expression of emotions experienced and and lived and, and uh so in other words the energy you emit will literally attract you around people so you tend to find people who are in the same spaces around each other because they are drawn to each other uh their energy is accepting of one another but here's the thing this is a horrible thing for people who are operating in low frequencies why Because nothing in the low frequency compatibility is going to produce the catalyst for you to come out of that thing. Here's, let me say it a different way Two broke. People do not make for a great relationship. And I'm not talking about marriage. I'm talking about friendships. I'm talking about comradism. I'm talking about you have to have a mindset in which you are looking for someone to connect with that has already experienced what you're trying to experience. You can't always want to be the big fish in the small pond. You got to be willing to be the guppy and get out of that small pond, get into that lake, get into that river, get into that ocean. It's going to be bigger, it's going to be scarier, but it's going to be an experience. Uh, uh, exposure to the type of people, the type of things, the type of type of ideas and behaviors that you need in order to have the things that you desire to have. So again, when it says that the wealth of the wicked is sort of for the righteous, it doesn't mean that at some point God's going to extract that from them arbitrarily and give it to you. What it means is that when you are prepared to do the things that are necessary That the doorways will be open for you to accumulate that wealth, to actually get that wealth. And there are ways to do that. There are absolute ways to do that. But what are we teaching ourselves? What are we practicing? What is the mindset? What is our conversations about? Are we pursuing a greater purpose, an idea, something that we can literally hang our hat on? Because I'm going to tell you something. If your mind works, you aren't broke. You have a cash flow problem. You have a thinking problem. You have a bunch of things, but you're not broke. If your mind works, if you're not suffering from some mental illness to where your mind doesn't function in in, in natural linear thought and processes, then you're not. You haven't accessed the idea that has the value that takes you to the next level because you're one idea away from having all the money you could ever want. Now, it doesn't mean that it happens overnight when you get the idea. The idea is the platform. The idea is the foundation. On that, you start to build, you start to grow, you start to develop, you start to become. See, the idea is the blueprint. Now, the blueprint requires a certain way of thinking, a certain way of behaving, a certain level of patience, a certain level of persistence. And then when you move through those things, you start to achieve things and do things that you never thought. But what you can't do is sit around thinking because I'm righteous at some way somewhere I'm going to be blessed. And I'll, all I have to do is be righteous because the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. You misunderstood it. You need to be able to exegete. You need to be able to use isagogics. You need to be able to use a bunch of different principles. You need to understand prophetical environment. There's so many things you need to understand when you're looking at and you're reading this to understand what was meant at the time that it was written. And what was meant was, hey, look, a wise man there's the thinking the thinking element a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children's children but the wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous a wise man is doing the things that need to be done to ensure that multiple generations beyond him are going to be cared for but the wealth of the wicked is stored up not held in place in escrow and given but stored up in other words It's always accessible when properly pursued. But chasing money will hardly ever end up with you having it. Chasing purpose, chasing an idea, chasing a a desire to do something exceptional, extraordinary beyond what it is you're capable of doing now will put you on a path that will allow you to pursue it even in moments in which you don't see the financial benefit. But the financial benefit, if you establish a a position or situation in which you bring value to the table, money comes with the value. If you find a way that you can bless people, you can enrich people, you can encourage people, you can empower people, you can motivate people, you can help heal people, whatever it is. There's value in that, and there's value in that. There's money in that. Your job is to become the person who changes lives, the person, person who touches lives, the person who enhances situations, the person whose presence brings about something greater. Then you, you write the check, and it's a process. This is not magic. You don't snatch your finger and say, I've arrived and you've got it all. It's about evolving into something better, it's about building. The man that I told you about. Uh, John Crowley $12 an hour his entire life Re- retired a millionaire yeah. uh, put his kids through college paid off his house $12 an hour he was a parking lot attendant but here's the thing God gives you the power to get wealth. he is working as a parking lot attendant happens to be working in the financial district the people who are parking in his parking lot are money managers, stockbrokers, um, financial advisors, all of this stuff, and so he's just hitting them up as they walk. Hey, hey, how's it going, John? It's going good, man. What's going on? What's what, give me give 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 me a tip, and you know I thought some. Hey, do this, do this, and do this. He go. He sit down and read and research, and this is before the internet. He read and research it. Say, okay, it sounds good. He do it. Now, he could easily say $12 an hour taking care of my wife and three kids. I can't afford on $12 an hour to do that. The truth is he couldn't afford not to. And he understood that. Different mindset. Different mindset. What are you putting into? What are you investing in? Not just in money, in your mind. What are you investing your time in? What are you investing your energy in? What are you investing your thoughts in? What are you giving attention to? All these things are part of the abundance equation. What are you fo- Whatever you focus on, you feel. This is Focus Friday. Whatever you focus on, you feel. If you focus so heavily on the poverty and the lack of money, it's always going to be a lack of money. Because by the time you get your hand on a little money, you got to go back and deal with all the things that money couldn't take care of when you didn't have it. And you're not looking at what you need to build for the future. You're constantly living and recovering the past. You're going to have to change your thinking. You're going to have to get out of that mindset. Whatever you focus on, you feel. You start focusing on your future. You start focusing on being a better person. You start focusing on growing. You start focusing on being a person of value, bringing value to the table in any situation you move into. All of a sudden, you now are in a place where you start to seek people who recognize your value. And one of the things you're going to have to immediately do is get out of the circle of the people you're in. Because if you're in the circle of nothing but broke people, they can't see the value in you. Because the only thing that they see value in is in the money they need to pay the bills. You got to get around people who can recognize the value, who can see that even though he doesn't have a penny in the bank, even though she doesn't have a penny in the bank, she is wealthy. Why? Because the idea she possesses will bless many. The passion she has will heal many Uh, and on and on and on. you got to understand that you are not here empty. God. Put something on the inside of you in the in the design of what you would become in the design of your purpose there's something inside of you uh, it's often been referred to as a gift in, in, the, in the same book of Proverbs says that your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men your gift will make room for you means that it will expand your territory it will expand your opportunity it will expand your possessions it will put you in front of great men what does that mean that people that will be able to open doors for you that you could not open yourself that will sit up and be able to create opportunities for you you will literally by the way of your your own possessed gift have value in this world but you got to understand something stop chasing the money start chasing the idea the idea is where the real true abundance is why are you here you're not here to just survive you're not here to, 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 to be in survival mode you're not here to just exist you're here to make a statement so emphatic so impressive that it represents God well. That's how you evangelize. If you are a person of faith, no matter what faith you claim, you evangelize God by presenting the power of God in the way you live your life. This doesn't mean everything in your life goes well. What it means is that even in the most darkest times, people are looking at you and going, how are they handling it? with such composure, because you see something beyond the moment. You're not caught up in the circumstance, which is momentarily. You see the purpose in your life playing out beyond the moment, and you're not frightened. You're not in a You're not in a place of uh, predominant fear. You understand that if I stay the course, if I push through, something great is about to happen. I'm about to be elevated. I'm about to graduate. I'm about to be promoted. I'm about to go to a place that I've never been before, and it's within my control to be able to do so. These are the things that we are going to have to be able to learn if we're talking about true wealth. Money is one part of the equation. And if we don't have the right view of money, we'll never, ever be able to manage it and control it. It will always control us. And if it's controlling us, then we are poverty stricken no matter how much money we have. It's the mindset. I hope that I was able to share something with you. I hope that you were able to take something from it again. I encourage you to get book number 26. Uh, Pre-order it. The link is in there. Also sign up for the Legacy Wealth Academy Masterclass. Um, It's only, what, four more days before it goes back to full price. Right now, it's under $1,000. And this is the most comprehensive wealth building course there is. And I know so because I did the research and I built it. I took from everything that was out there, put it in one place. Got the licensing for the things I needed the licensing for, so I could legally do it. And I put it all in one place. You're going to hear lectures from some of the top investors. You're going to hear lectures from money masters. You're going to hear lectures from economists. You're going to hear lectures from people who started with zero and and are doing things together and how they did it. You're going to have every mechanism of wealth building that is out there, and then you're going to learn how to use your mind to create those things that don't exist. To build wealth all of this stuff is possible but it starts with a shift in your thinking an ability to see value where the average person doesn't see it and be willing to invest in that and if you can't do that you can talk about it all day long thank you thank you thank you for sharing your time but ultimately nothing good will be withheld from you the question is is are you willing to go the distance necessary to have it? On that note, I'm gonna get ready to get out of here. Uh, as I always say, I live my life on full so that when I leave this place, I die on E. That's my challenge to you. Don't take your potential to the grave. On that note, I'm out. So again, thanks again. You guys have an unbelievable day. Uh, melanin A1 you're more than welcome i hope that it really truly blessed you um share it with other subscribes to hear more uh but whatever you do examine where you're at ask yourself are you doing what you should be doing are you thinking the way you should be thinking are you talking the way you should be talking are your actions in alignment with the things that you say you desire in this life and you're gonna get out of that true examination and that honest assessment, the things that you need to move forward. Now you must find the path, access the um, resources and the assistance necessary to make it happen. But it all begins with you being honest with self. On that note, I of here. you guys have an unbelievable remainder of your day.